Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kenny Wallace Show, brought to you by Jags, the leader in high performance aftermarket car parts. Remember to go to jags.com for everything and anything you need. Well, Kenny conversation just keeps on rolling. And this next guest, dear friend, hero of mine, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you, but to me, the great Bobby Labonte. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kenny. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for inviting me uh, to be a part of this. Um, really excited about this. This is good. Thank you, my friend. Well, let's, let's, be lighthearted like you and I usually are. You know, we've, we've raced so many races together. Enough of that. I kicked <laughs> my butt all those years. So where are you at? I I think I see a Martinsville clock, and I think, is that your brother Terry in the background? So that's a Martinsville clock. It just needs a little TLC on it. It needs to be charged up, bring those back down. And then back there is a me driving the 43 car. Oh, for the petties, the fame petties. And this is a picture from our bicycle ride uh, that I dropped and broke the frame, broke the glass of the day. So, uh, yeah, so we're at my Studio B, which is a just a storage building. And I put up my, it was funny, my, I have all these pictures of Earl Pearson, Earl Pearson, me and Dale Jarrett, Jeff Gordon, Harvick, last time I run that the 18 car. And I, they were over at the other, at Longhorn Chassis. And my brother said, hey, I'm fixing to, we're, we're fixing to, we sold Longhorn Chassis. We need to move all this stuff out. He said, so you might want to take down all these pictures. Cause I had them in the hallway for years back years ago, just to make it look like there's something there. Right. So I said, okay. So I walked outside and I went to my truck and I got my DeWalt drill, got my screwdriver bit. I walked back inside. I took them all off. He come walking back through. He says, well, I didn't mean today. And I said, no, today's the day I'm going to fix up my studio B. So I took all my pictures and brought them over here. You shocked him because yeah, you're you're like the Wallaces. You're a man of action. We don't wait. We do now. Yes, we gotta go now, right? Let's wrap wrap it up. Well, hey, yesterday I missed you at the uh, SRX, uh, you know, media day, and yep. that was a lot of fun. Uh, you're talking about your studio be there. One thing I see that's happening in the racing world is. You NASCAR drivers are getting much smarter with your money. Uh, we were in Joey Logano's studio. Uh, so I think he's looking at his future, creating income when his racing life is over. Um, I don't know everything about you. So I know that you and your wife are on the road doing things. What, what other business, what other things are you doing? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And, and people ask me like, you know, when I have to fill out something, it's like, what, what's your job occupation? And I said, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> Race car driver. Fabricator, catch can guy, maybe a sometimes mechanic, right? So, yeah, I mean, and and I mean, there's um, there's just a lot of things happening. And so for me, I mean, the racing, racing is, um, I enjoy it. 
and um, you know we you know that's kind of our business on the side. I mean we kind of we make a business out of it. Uh, so that's you know that's a you know we yeah we, we're we're having fun with that. So that that business is uh, low on the totem pole, but it's fun and we get to enjoy being together, my wife and I. And we, I get to go race, so it's it's kind of feel, I feel kind of guilty because I feel like I'm the one having all the fun. But anyway, so that's that's what that is. And then so we have a, a our company is called Breaking Limits, and I owned Breaking Limits probably 11, 11 years ago. And uh, who's that? Who's calling you? Hey, Dan Gatewood. You remember Dan drove my motorhome? I, I, I go. Oh, I got to make sure my phones don't vibrate too, Dan. Yeah, Dan say Gatewood. Hello? He, used to, he used to drive my motorhome. And so he, uh, I'm going to go see him after a while and I'm going to take him a couple of things. So he's 80, he's 82 years old. So I'm going to go, oh. I'm going to go see him. So, um, so anyway, so, um, so we own, I own breaking limits for years and, uh, we started it, um, back when I was driving the petties, uh, that, that oh. long ago. So it was kind of like, a vision. yeah, Jeff Dennison and I were like, or Jeff was like, man, we need to do our own PR instead of getting this other guy to do it that he worked for. And it's kind of, you know what, we just do our own. So we kind of just started it through public relations and general mills <clears throat> was our sponsor. So, um, I still have the first dollar that break, they gave breaking limits. And so we did, um, they hired us to do work for them. Uh, and a quick fast story is Laura Rather that worked there through general with general mills works for us today. So that kind of came full circle years later. So anyway, so breaking limits, we grew it and we moved to offices in Charlotte. Luckily we sold our offices in Charlotte right before we, you know, at the right time we got rid of them. And uh, just because people were gone all the time. So nobody was there. So when I met Kristen, she had a marketing company. So we kind of, we just merged them together. It makes sense, right? I mean, why should I be doing this over here and you be doing the same thing over there? Just, we put them all together. So, you know, she had some clients of hers that um, she brought to the, you know, you know, say we just put them all together. So throughout all that, um, you know, for, for breaking limits, um, we have, uh, we do PR, uh, we work for Universal Technical Institute, NASCAR Tech. So we do PR for them. Uh, and then we have a client at IndyCar, uh, Aero Electronics. We've had clients, uh, Ferrari, we've had Cola Vita Olive Oil. Um, my wife's redone some stuff for, um, uh, for Ray Hall uh, and their group. And then, you know, we, we, you know, we, we have smaller things that kind of float throughout and in and out through um, whether it's, uh, um, you know, you know, pizzas and, and, so breaking and limits is like a hospitality. And then you represent drivers a little bit, of everything. We do not represent drivers. Okay. Uh, it's more of a hospitality and activation. Oh, yeah. uh, so, um, so what we, what we do is, you know, the structure is already built when we get there. And then what we do is we fancy it up, you know, and we have chefs and we have wow. employees that come in, eight people come in, hire more local staff. You make sure food is prepared for, you know, 120 to 200 guests, you know, at, at eight different events. And so it lasts for about three days. And we come in there with, with fine china, with real silverware, Real food. I, I love the detail. Yes. No I mean, stuff. Yeah. Real liquor, you know, no fake yeah. stuff. And I mean, it's, it's all professional, you know, I mean, I mean, I say it's all top end, high end stuff and we, we can, you know, we can do, uh, you know, we can do smaller stuff as well. And we have, 
Um, we did an event for um, uh, for um, Pit Boss Grills and Arctic Coolers the other day. So we just did a one-off for them, trying to get more business with them. So a lot of little things like that happened. But but so our company has grown, and so we're trying to grow it and grow it and grow it. And uh, yeah, so we got you know, like I said, we've got probably seven or eight full-time people, and they're all over the place. We don't have an office. This is just a place for me to sit sometimes. So you're, you're moving and shaking all the time. And, and Bobby, you know, uh, I have learned uh, that fans and people have this vision. Uh, they ask me all the time what's your brother Rusty doing? I'm like, oh, he owns nine dealerships. Uh, yeah. What's your brother Mike doing? Oh, he buys property and sells it. Sometimes people have this vision that when us redneck racers are done, like mm-hmm. we live under a bridge in a cardboard box or something. Yeah, right, and, and right. It could have happened. That could have yeah. happened, but. Sure. Well, and then, and, and, you know, I, and you know, this obviously, you know, for me, and we run through this, all this through a business, of course, but, you know, the TV thing for me is a lot, you know I mean? Because they're, not like what you did, but I do something every week, every week, every week, every week, something. And then, you know, at, at Christmas, it's, you know, I mean, nothing for a couple months, but, you know, I mean, at the same time. So that's a part of a, you know, part of when you say, when somebody says, hey, um, yeah, what do you do for a living? It's like, oh, okay, hold on a second. Hey, you know, I had all this Bobby, stuff I learned right something here, so. yesterday. What'd you learn? From a dear uh, life coach of mine, uh, my CPA account, his name's Ashok Chadgar, and, and he's my hidden hero. And I was telling him that I had these aches and pains and he said something that I want to share with you. And I will share with everybody. He says, do not let the old man in. True. Absolutely. And, and you're, you're staying young because you're, yeah. you're doing it all. You got, you got breaking limits. You're doing yeah. TV. You're running SRX. You're yeah. running your mod. Uh, yeah. Charlie. Oh, yeah. So Go it's, ahead. it's so Clint Eastwood is the yeah. one that came up with the, don't let the old man in. Oh yeah. He told me that. And Toby Keith wrote a song about that because he played golf with Clint Eastwood and Clint Eastwood said that on the golf course. Cause he asked him, he said, how in the heck do you do this? You're 98, whatever years old. And he said, you don't let the old man in. So he wrote a song on that. So three or four years ago, we were in Idaho going to bird hunting and uh, we listened to it on the way. Cause we talked about it with some group of guys and we talked about not let the old man in. So yeah, yeah. there you have it. So my wife has to remind me because sometimes I come, I will bitch and complain and she'll say, don't let the old man in. Yeah. It, it, you know, for the, for the people that are listening, don't let the old man in means myself and Bobby are close to 60 and you get an ache and a pain. Don't let the old man in. Don't be old. Well, Bobby, listen, let's, let's change it up a little bit. Uh, I want to apologize something because something you're going to go, what? But years and years ago, when you were, you and I were like the ultimate competitors. I just, you know, you were who you were my target. I wanted to outrun you and uh, we were going at it. You called me out of nowhere, probably 30 years ago or more. Mm-hmm. And you invited me to a Jimmy Buffett concert and I couldn't go, but I was so shocked because there is this image of you, you're, you are studious. You are, I think you're a little shy. I think you're a little soft-spoken, but I see it from your family on social media. You are the funnest, wittiest person I know of. I'm like, just <laughs> wait. They're like, Herman, what do you laugh for all the time? I'm like, Bobby just said something funny. <laughs> I know it doesn't come from your dad. He's a badass. Right, right. Fun side of you come from. You know, that's that's a great question. I think, you know, it's funny as the story when we were used when we used to race quarter midgets, I was five or six, seven years old. Right. 
and we'd go to the races in a 72 Chevy pickup truck pulling this plywood trailer my dad built, right? And we're we just back in the back of it and we're driving along. And I remember my mom telling me, because I'd be in the middle of the two, I was a monkey in the middle of the, in the back of the pickup truck and uh, uh, in, the, in the shell of the truck, right? So you think about we're laying in the shell of the truck, right? With a camper. And this is not like a big camper. This is just the small shell, right? Yeah. So I remember laying there and I would say something or do something funny. And of course, my dad would be like, shut up. And then my mom, she told me, she said, she tells people, she goes, and we say this today. She said, yeah, they kept me around for entertainment. So I was there for, I was there for entertainment. Now I, I, did I get it from my mom? I don't know. You know, Terry and I are seven and a half years apart. So like today's generations are, you know, my kids four years apart, they're totally different. So Terry and I are are different in some ways, not every way, but we're different. And I, I, I would say I got it from my mom, you know, more or less than my dad. I mean, we sit there and we laugh. She'll call me. The first thing she does is laugh. So I'm like, okay. But, but you you appear. Uh, so with me, you know, they ask my children, what is your father, Kenny? Is he really like that all the time? And they're like, yeah. But you you come across very reserved. Yeah. But you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Surprise! I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the postman, man, I might, go po- might go postal on you. I might do something. You might not know. You might think one thing, but it might be something different coming out of my mouth. In your, like I told you earlier, this is not a, a life interview. We're, we're, we're having fun. Uh, I think it's awesome that we do share a little in common. Uh, our brother, Rusty, my brother, Rusty, seven years older. You just said you're seven and a half year older. Your, your great brother, Terry Labonte. Uh, both of our brothers kind of showed us the way and we're like, hey, we want to do that. Uh, I still remember you in your Piedmont uniform as a crew member. Tell me just a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was uh, in high school, moved to North Carolina, you know, you know so we're already here and uh, moved to North Carolina. And, you know, I'm in high school and, you know, I don't want to be in school, but I'm, I'm there, you know, OK, I'm, I'm here. Here. Why am I in school? I'm going to be a race car driver. Right. I'm making, you know, if I can make C's, I'm good. Right. I'm like, all right, right in the middle. So, so anyway, so after I, I was in an ICT class, I think it was called. So at, at, at lunchtime, at lunchtime, I'd go somewhere and go work. Right. Now in class, I took small engines. I took cabinet making. I did everything I could to get out of, you know, the big, you know, history class or math and whatever. I will tell everybody now that would be great to do though. <laughs> you need more yes. of that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a whole different subject. But anyway, so I would take, and it was so funny. We, I would take, we would take the shop teacher's car to the barbecue place at lunchtime. He'd give us a key. <laughs> we would drive Sorry to the we uh, it. <laughs> barbecue place and we'd get barbecue sandwiches. We'd bring them back his and ours. And we were like 17 years old. I'm like, dude, that's just that going happen. on 40. Right. Oh, yeah. So Cadillac, you know. So anyway, so I would go to work at Hagen Racing. It was Budweiser at the time. And I would just go and do anything I could. So I was sweeping floors. I mean, I would sweep floors in the afternoons and I would mop floors on Saturday when they were gone to the races. And then obviously the Piedmont thing came along. And by then I had already talked myself into the, hey, I'm going to can I can I do more? Right. Can I do more? Can I learn how to weld? I mean, I was probably the biggest if you ask anybody, I was like the biggest pain in the butt because I was like, hey, can I help you do this? Hey, can I do this? Hey, can I help you weld? Can I help you fabricate? Can I, can I, can I learn rule centers? Can I, I, just, I mean, I, I'm sure I was that get away, you know? So 
as the pe- as all that stuff went on, I learned how to do so many things. I mean, that was my college, right? So when I graduated from high school, I just went there to work and got a job there to work and made whatever little bit. And so I just learned everything about race cars while I was there. And then that's the Piedmont days that you saw. Oh, hold on. Hold, hold on. Okay, look, you're, you're acting like you're in school, you're going over there to work. But for the people that have a dream, okay, you're in school and you're going on a side job for a uh, a NASCAR cup team that yep. is so famous. I mean, do, did you realize that at the time? No. Yeah. You know, I was doing it. It was just a side <laughs> hustle. It was a, it was a side hustle. You know what I mean? It was well, just like, I mean, I, I had no idea. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, it just wasn't what I, what I would have, what today's world is. It was okay. just, it was, it was sure. It was, I mean, when are you, you remember Skip Manning? Oh Yeah. When, when Skip on the team, it was in Charlotte and it was two cars in a garage, you know, in, in a gas station garage. I guess. So, so, and you know, so it was so small. It wasn't as big back then, you're saying. No, I mean, Junior Johnson, yes. The Wood Brothers, yes. The Petties, yes. But then everybody else was all in the middle, you know, all there. So, I mean, that was, but we weren't probably supposed to win a championship because there was no way that we did it on, what, $800,000 or 400, whatever the number was, you know, so that we won the championship in 84, but we were all there just working together. And, um, uh, I learned so much and that was just my, that was my college degree. So, yeah, you, uh, one thing I've been lucky to know about you is, uh, one thing you and my brother Rusty have in common is you figure everything out. I, I my nickname for you is a gadgeteer. Uh, you, you are a great Healy Arker, you told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm not saying you told me that, but I know you are. Uh, mm-hmm. You're very good with electronics. Um, is Terry like that, or are you that much different from Terry? Um, you know, Terry's the same in, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I would say, I mean, I, I'll call him. Yeah, man, what are you doing? And, you know, they're trying to figure – he's got his head in some, some type of thought process of got figuring it. out something. So – the deer feeders in, in the, at the ranch or the cameras, yeah. he's watching them on his phone, watching the deers. And, you know, he's got to figure it out. Now his figure out on the old ranch was they were filling up, you know, feed like tractor trailer full of feed. Right. Uh, in the, in the, in the, like the silo thing, not silo, but anyway, the, the bin. And so finally he told Kim, he says, I'm tired of this crap. So they found another ranch that the people come out and fill up the bins for him. So he is smarter in that way than I am. Cause I'm still trying to figure out, I, I spent yesterday, I, I finally pushed the button. I was like, I, in fact, I was talking to, after you, obviously I didn't see you, and I was talking to Stuart, talking to Tony. And I talked to- At the SRX uh, media day. Yeah, yeah, at the media day yesterday, I talked to somebody else. I talked to my nephew and I said, on the way down, I said, Justin, I said, you're going to, I know you're going to hate me for this, but man, I was just fixing to push the button on the Starlink from Elon Musk. <laughs> and, and I just, I just like, I just don't know if I should do it or not. And he just laughs because I've talked to him for like two months about it. And I said, my worry now is if I didn't push the button in time, I won't get it when I go to the mountains next week. And I said, so, but, but at the end of the day, I was like calling people. I, was, I ordered poles, ordered the mount, and I figured out how to get it through the window with the right amount of foam so that they won't let hot air in and blah, blah, blah. So that's, so that was, I mean, that's like totally me. I'm like, man, I sat there. I woke up this morning at five o'clock going. Okay. Did I, did I get that mount right? I don't know. I hope I did. I, I got four poles because that's over 14 feet. That's how I need, you know? So that's me. That's just how I am. Two years ago, you and I are talking and you're like, man, I got you know, 
camera on these deers out the back of your house. Yeah. You still doing that? Is that therapy? Like watching deer? Oh, uh, I don't not, not the camera, the derm, uh, the, the strap rotted. So now we just look at, look through the binoculars and just look at them. So it. it's not it's not too far away. But it it's just like paints I, it, a picture for the fans that are listening, sure. Bobby. They know you as the number eighteen interstate guy. But this yeah. is good stuff. So yesterday, I mean, two days ago. So in my motorhome, and I'm like, my storage building's not air conditioned. It's here it is, but not outside. It's like, oh, you can't outside. stop. It's like no. So so my motorhome gets hot, and all the you know all the stuff in it gets like weird tasting you know like if you have uh cough drops you know it gets kind of like ugh, you know things get different the older they get yeah so i'm like man i don't like stuff going bad your wine your ventilation yeah so anyway so i go to home depot and i text the guy and i said i think this is what i need yeah that's it so i got it and i put it in an air conditioner right so i got it vented from the outside put all the stuff around it. And so now it's like 71 degrees. Cause I know that because I have an app on my phone that tells me the temperature inside of it. Yeah, I, don't have, I don't have, I didn't, I couldn't afford the high, uh, the Mark Martin motorhome. So I got one that I've converted into what I think <laughs> is a Mark Martin motorhome. You know, Mark's motorhome has got to be 3 million or more. More. Yeah, for sure. I love he that. He loves it. I love that for him. <laughs> so, you know, as we, as we talk about what you're up to, uh, I remember my very last day, uh, at, at, you know, NASCAR on Fox, uh, I decided that I had had enough. I had been there 15 years and everybody at Fox was wonderful to me. And uh, they had me in and they said, we want you on the desk for your very last day. Uh, Steve Craddock did, gave me a really nice plaque. And uh, as I was leaving, I just did a small segment. They were saying goodbye to me and there you were. And I remember I told you, I said, Bobby, I said, you are one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. I said, tell these people when you get on TV, tell them what you know. I've been watching you. Uh, you're, you're a lot of fun to watch. You just recently were in the booth, and that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. tell, tell me about your, your TV. Uh, I mean, I know it's a job like, but I think it's a hobby because you don't need the money. What is this whole TV deal about for you? Well, I can remember back, I don't know who I was driving for. Um, somebody asked me at Rich at, at Phoenix one time. They said, hey, man, would you ever want to do TV? Of course, you know, I mean, I've always been more friends with the camera guys and people behind the scenes right. than, say, a reporter. You know, it's just, kind of, right, it's just kind of how I roll, right? So anyway, so somebody asked me, they said, hey, would you ever want to do TV? And I was like, absolutely not. There is Never. no way I'd want to do that. Look at those guys. Why would I want to be like that? I'm going to yeah. be a race car. I'm like, yeah. yeah so, so as it, as it turned out, um, I think NBC asked me if I would do a, like a, you know, go to, um, uh, Connecticut, I guess, and kind of like do a, do a something and, you know, just see if you, you know, see if it's worthwhile or whatever. So I did it. I did that for a little bit, you know, I was like, yeah, it's kind of fun. So obviously the Fox deal came out, came about and um, through Daniel Trotta, actually, I, I think she's the one that probably put the, my work, my name in somebody's ear, Craddock or somebody. And went down there and did like an interview show. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so I was like, you know, who knows if they'll call me back. And they did. So it's been game on ever since. It's been like been five years ago. So, uh, but I, I view it 
is it's almost like it's it's a not therapy but it's like to me it's like getting in a race car okay it's getting prepared for a race in a lot of ways and so and 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 how i think about it is you think about a five gallon bucket right and there's i've got five gallon buckets i've got breaking limits i've got racing i've got this and i got that so and, and if i'm not racing how can i fill up the racing bucket with something you enjoy right because there's a i mean I could probably plant a garden and learn about that. Right. I could probably, you know, you can do anything. I can do, do whatever you want to do. Right. But to me, <clears throat> what happens is the TV thing for me, the way I look at it and the way I feel about it and the way I, the way it comes about for me is it's like, Hey, this is, I guess my juice is flowing because there's, you know, it's, there, you know, I mean, I, I consider it, you know, pressure. I consider it. It's live. Can't screw up. And do the best you can. So if you had a race car, you know, hey, it's live in front of people. You got to go out there and do the best you can. You can't screw up. So to me, it's the same type of like getting strapped into a race car and racing, trying to just be the best you can. Right. And so I kind of look at it like that, because even though I've had people say, man, you come across. So you look like you're pretty laid back. I'm like, not quite mm. as laid back as you think. You but, that my, <laughs> but that fills up my, uh, you know, my juices as far as like, hey, I, I like, you know, I mean, this is not going to Rockingham and uh, racing, but it's also like, I get to do this and it's fun. You know, I, I, I totally enjoy it. I totally enjoy the pressure of it. I totally enjoy the, the, hey, it's live and we're going to do this and we can rehearse or we can just run with it. You know, I mean, it, and it's so different. And so, uh, I view it like that. And it is, and, and then you think about the team aspect of it. So everybody there, you know, makeup directors, people that are so, there's so many people there that put it all together and they're your team, right? It's their so there's life. Your race team. Right. Yeah. And so there's your race team, you know, and you appreciate again, like so much that they put into it. So you're on the phone call and you're like, somebody speaks up and they're going to work. It's like, I never thought about that. You know I mean? So, Anyway, and to me, it just, it's a, it fills up my excitement bucket of, of when I'm, when I can't race. I mean, that's exciting. For, it's exciting for me to be able to do it. Yeah. So you, you have breaking limits, uh, which is your company. You, you're doing TV. And one thing that it shocked me years ago, and I know a lot of people don't know it. There's a big, uh, dirt racing world out there, super late models. And, uh, you started, Bobby Labonte, not not a dirt racer, uh, and yep. your brother Terry, Longhorn chassis, one of the top dirt chassis in the world uh, right now. Superman Jonathan Davenport last year won two million dollars. What did you? That just shocked the ever living crap out of me. The that Labonte's owned Longhorn. Now I know you sold it. How come none of us knew about that? I mean, is everything you do under the radar? Your name wasn't even on it, just Longhorn. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, and, and how all that really, you know, it was, trust me, I was at Talladega, and uh, <laughs> okay, Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan Sherman says, hey, let's go to the Talladega Short Track, work for Gibbs, right? So we go over there, and he knows Earl Pearson. I'm like, I don't know who Earl Pearson is. You know, I have no idea who Earl Pearson is, right? Great dirt racer. So I... I go over there and, hey, how you doing? So we talk a little bit. So this is the fall race, right? So as time goes on, we go to 
we talk a little bit on the phone and he comes to the Daytona test probably in December, maybe January. Right. So he comes down from Jacksonville and we have conversation together and blah, blah, blah. So then I'm not sure how at all, when I did it, but I bought the team that he was driving for. Mm. So I bought a dirt late model team. You know, of course, Tony's got his Eldor With thing. that NASCAR going. money? It's a joke. That would be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They always tease yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that that money? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, so we, uh, so I bought the whole team, lock, stock, and barrel, employees, and everything. Right. So Jason, Matt, Divine came with it, right? So they came up from Dunn, North Carolina and moved up to my shop that I had and raced out there for, I don't know, five or six, seven, eight years, whatever. And we, we started, we were buying uh, chassis and Earl always only liked one. We had five sitting there, but one of them was the best. And I was like, why don't we build our own? You know? So oh. Justin, he's the, Justin is the main part of this. So, so he was racing a little bit and Terry's um, son. his wife, Terry's son, his wife, Miranda had breast cancer. So it kind of mm. curtailed his racing part. And she's obviously great now. Uh, but you know, that took a year off of like, Hey, I gotta, you know, do what you gotta do. What he has to do. Right. So he wasn't racing as much. So we said, well, why don't we build these cars? Right. So we had a jig and I think the old shop and we started building cars and I'll never forget so we built cars. We were, it was awful. You know, they were terrible. So we had, uh, uh, you know, we started building, you know, getting better cars. I mean, you know, learn, you learn a little bit, right? Every time you build one, you yeah, learn something, you right? Cut, you you um, torch, cut, you weld. <clears throat> yeah, so, months. yeah, so it wasn't overnight. So I'll never forget Justin called me one day. He says, hey, Uncle Bobby, he said, we sold four cars today. I said, damn, Justin, that's pretty good. Four cars today? Yeah. It's, I said, uh, that's great. He said, you know, we sold four cars last year in one year, 365 days, we sold four cars, but they finally, you know, they, they evolved them and, and, and Earl, you know, he was a crash test dummy per se, you know, trying them, trying this, trying that. And, uh, you know, I mean, so it just kind of evolved. And so you sell four cars and you learn more stuff. You sell four more, you learn more from, the, the people that buy them and then you learn more and it grew and grew. And I think we had it for like 10 years, maybe eight or 10 years. Oh, and Bobby. Just sold yeah, it. I mean, so, so Terry and I and Justin were, you know, we're all, you know, in it together, Terry shop. I started the thing. Justin was always involved. And so we all were in it together and it, it just, I mean, I don't know. I called Justin one day cause I saw where they built like number 800. And I said, Justin, badass. I, I would, I wish I'd have known I'd have bought, I'd have bought that car just so I can have 800. He said, that's all right. He said, I already sold it. I saved you some money. Let <laughs> <laughs> I me, mean, you know, I, so, I just, uh, yeah. I think for the people that don't, to, for me, dirt racing saved my life. So when I, uh, you know, we all had our business, I had my rental properties, you got breaking limits and we're all juking and jiving. We're doing, Hey Wallace, what are you doing? You know? And, uh, of course, some people. I'm a little. I'm much more mouthier than you, so people know much more about me. But Bobby, you're you've always been a gem. But I mean, you're you're this hidden diamond. Uh, everything you do does good, and you know, I just want to give you an attaboy. I mean, Longhorn chassis right now is, you know, I know you sold it, but it is the number one chassis yep. for dirt super late models. And uh, well, let me just so ask Steve, you this: What Steve, made you sell Steve it? Arpin, Steve Arpin, as you know. 
bought it, he and his group of people. And you know how we met Steve, how I met Steve, right? Or I didn't meet him, but met him indirectly through you. Right. The time when he got hurt in, at Volusia. That's, we that's flew back story. to uh, back to Minnesota to the. Oh my uh, God! Okay, I got to tell that story real quick. Let me tell it. So uh, yeah. I'm learning how to race dirt, but I'm doing good. Uh, put the effort into it. I win one night at, at Volusia, hundred something cars. I'm like, oh my God, I want to race. It was a big deal, and I became friends with this Canadian named Steve Arpin in. He kicked my butt more than I kicked his, but he was a, a legend. Well, so the next year he's taking the radiator hose. He's trying to cool his car down and the, and the radiator hose blows off. This is when you're using hose clamps. You know, a lot of people still use hose clamps. Upper radiator hose blows off and burns him bad. Now, he he's burnt so bad, he's got to get up north. And, and I thought of you because yep. you had an airplane. Mm-hmm. And so you're telling me that's how it started, kind of? Well, that's not how it started. That's how I knew of Steve Arpin from day one, yeah. right? And then, you know, so as, as time as time goes on, you know, he, you know, he, he oh, and I his group. Yeah, yeah, bought, bought that. And I mean, you know, not that that matters, but I thought it was cool because, I mean, you called me. It was late at night. It was right after it happened, I guess. And I was oh. like, yeah, let me call Tim. Let me call Tim and uh, Clyde and see if I can – get him ready to go. And we took him that night maybe, or the oh. next morning and flew him to. Yeah. I mean, the skin, I the, skin the skin's peeling off the kid. It was that type yeah. of burn. You know I mean? We got to get him yeah. in the hospital. He's down in Daytona. Yeah. So, so, but, but I got to cor- correct you on one thing is that for everything oh. that looks that went, went good on paper or went good, there's a lot <laughs> that didn't go good. Bobby, there was I can, just this one. I can, I can vouch for, I can vouch for those days. I'm like, I, there's a picture over here with a sponsor on it that never paid, right? right. Of, on Earl's right. car. We thought, hey, that's going to be a big deal. Them never paid. You know what I mean? So I have, yeah. I have more deals that didn't go good as many deals that have gone good. So that is part of life, I think. So uh, yesterday there was a, a great promoter up here in Jacksonville, Illinois. Friend of mine. Not a good friend, but a friend. Kenny Dobson. He did something that no promoter's ever done. He had finally had enough. And it, it shocked me because, I mean, Kenny, I don't, I didn't know he was like this, but he did a justice to all promoters, uh, business people. What he did is he says, you know, he says, I feel like it's one of those days. He said, so on Saturday night in Jacksonville, Illinois, little bitty quarter mile racer lot, really good looking crowd. And by the time he gets done with this paragraph, he had lost $300 that night, but he sold hamburgers and cheeseburgers and he had some billboards. So what you're telling me is what I already know, but I want the fans to know people go, Oh man, them stands were packed, but he had four ten sprint cars. He had to pay them a lot of money. The actual race itself lost money, but the only way he made it was from selling food and billboards. And are you telling me, I know you're telling me that. I just want the fans to know and the people to know that's business. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is a part of this business. You know, that's, that is for sure. Um, you know, I built, I have, I get reminded every now and then I built this quarter midget track in Salisbury. That's a 501 C three. It's not Millbridge. We don't charge people to come in. And I mean, it's, you know, it, it doesn't make any money. It doesn't go under, 
and your brother Mike called me about it the other day, actually, but um, for the real estate part, you know, but so. My brother Mike is a real estate guru. Yeah, right. I figured that out after about three seconds. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so. That's what Mike so does. I, I mean, yeah, so, I, you know, I mean, so, I mean, if I could do it over again, I'd do something different with that. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd do a different plan, right? So, but yeah, I mean, in, 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 in all kinds of business, I'm sure it's not just racing, but, you know, race promoters and drivers and owners. And I mean, you know, there, you do, you know, things, things have happened, things happen that you, you expect that it to work out good. And sometimes they don't. Right. So did, did, um, did long, was, was Longhorn chassis, the, one of the top, your, your top dirt. Uh, I mean, this is the, the mega company and you own it. Did it turn out, in the black or was it always black, red, black, red? I mean, did you, I mean, did it do good financially? I mean, it, it, it did good. You know, it did. It did good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was, um, you know, but you'd always have to, you know, you'd sell cars and you'd buy equipment, you'd sell cars, yeah. you'd buy equipment, you know, so you're always going back and forth. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you start up more parts and then you got that inventory and then you sell and, you know, so, I mean, it was always bumping on the good side, you know, but, you know, you're always, you weren't, nobody was just taking it all in and pocketing it. Yeah. it. It was just, you know, it was just bumping its, its way up um, good at the end, but, you know, it was still uh, for Justin that worked every day at it. I mean, he's the one that did the labor. I didn't do anything. We just tweeted about it, <laughs> you know, so it was simple for us other than. Other than the investment to start, you know. Maybe I should ask your brother Terry, but so Justin uh, is your nephew. He's Terry's son. I thought he was going to be a race car driver. Didn't he win Chicagoland or somewhere? Nashville? Yep. He won. Yep. He, he, well, he did. So he's a NASCAR so, winner and he just quits racing. What's that about? So the whole thing, you know, was at the Longhorn was out, ended up being at Terry, the shop that we raced our bush cars out of years ago. Same place, right? So it went from this first brand new building. I raced, Terry raced, David Green raced, Mike Cope raced, Justin raced. Um, and, you know, obviously, again, it's the 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 world that's, you know, I mean, not, not you know, sponsors and deals. The and world changes. You need more money. Yeah. Yeah. And so that we were going through that. I mean, and Coast Guard was there and then, you know, they're going to go somewhere else. And so you have all that, that, you know, I mean, Drama. you know how it is. I mean, yeah. yeah. And it just, you know, not, not, it doesn't always work out perfect for everybody, I but, um, but again, Justin, you know, transitioned to some dirt racing and, you know, I, I don't know if I got him involved in that. Maybe I did, but he had his little mini stock he'd run Madison with. And, you know, I mean, just, just, you know, he I grew up him. in it just like, yeah, just like we did. So his son, his son Ooh. won at Talladega this weekend Ooh, in the quarter midget race in a B rookie, I think it B plate rookie, a little Honda. So anyway, he's moving up. So anyway, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously our life, but yeah, for Justin, it was, he won Chicago. I remember we were going to do an appearance somewhere and I got out there playing, and it was like, Hey, Justin won Chicago. And I was like, what, what <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. You know, yeah. I mean, you figured a top 10, top 15, but not a win, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, things. And then, you know, obviously, like I said, sponsors and, you know, our team, you know, I mean, it was harder for, you know, at the time, Labonte racing over Childress racing, over Roush racing, over, you know, other, these these teams were not going to be like we were at one. Down. 
we, not like we were at one time with Carl Wagner building our motors. It was all of a sudden you had to be all Roush's cars, all of Hendrick cars, all of whoever, you know, all the RC, you know, all those big teams. And, you know, that's what he got kind of caught up in that too. Cause he didn't go drive for somebody else that had more money. We were just trying to do it out of, you know, family, family racing. Yeah. I find it really interesting that, uh, my brother, Rusty, his boy, Steve, my brother, Mike, his boy, Matt. And I'm going to tell you, I, I love them both equally, but Matt, my, my brother, Mike's boy, Matt is incredibly talented and was winning down at new Smyrna during speed weeks. And I'm in victory lane with him in the, you know, late model stocks and order super late model Stevens win, Steven, you know, wins. And then all of a sudden I, I'm just kind of comparing this to Justin. It's like one day they said, I'm out. I'm not going to race yeah. in our day. I'm not speaking for you, but I'm saying in my day, I begged, borrowed, stole. I was going to be a race car driver come hell or high water. And it seems like, and, and this is a compliment, a Justin, a, a Matt, Mike's boy, they just said, nah, it's just ridiculous. I, I'm going to do something else. Is that a fair mm -hmm. assessment? Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, <clears throat> I think Justin was when his choice, it was handed to him. Like, got it. We're, you, you know, we're, we don't have a sponsor. So what are you going to do? Right. It wasn't his choice to say, Hey, I'm going to do something different. You know, we're going to do this right now. No money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're out. So, so yeah, so there's, that's, you know, that, that's a little bit different in some ways, but you know, but, I, but I, I think to your point and, and what we did probably 10 years prior to that, it was a little bit easier to beg, bar and steal. Yeah. And then for him, it was harder to beg, bar and steal on, on to that, to get to that level, because yeah. you can go run a, a Xfinity car, a Bush car, still very cheap it, when Justin was doing it. So, but yeah. you can run a late model a lot cheaper. Yeah. I, so, I think, you, you know, you kind of have to pick your battle, right? So it's like, well, I could do this. Right. Uh, you know, me, me and Charlie Marlowe are my YouTube manager, my friend, we talk about people love to know about money. And so I, I, and like Rusty says, Herman, you, you take that you never puncture the skin, but and I don't. But I will tell you, Bobby, that you know when I was racing you, we had Cox treated lumber, Rusty had Xerox, we had Miller. These are all very small associates. You know, I mean, we did everything we could do, but we spent six hundred thousand dollars racing you. You know, in the V six days. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't. You know, yeah, Rusty. Right. I mean, we spent six hundred grand. Now, yeah. if you're running the Xfinity series, the same series, yeah. you know, if you don't got six million, uh, and drivers are driving for nothing nowadays. I mean, I think Rusty paid me twenty five thousand dollars back then. But me and you were crew members. Yeah, we were right, setting right. the toe and then getting in the car and qualifying at Daytona. Yeah, it was just yeah. different. So yeah, just different. Yeah, you know. So we're coming down to the end here. Uh, by the way, you know, we've done Tony Stewart. We've done Mark Martin. I've heard that. Kevin Harvick. We're, we're getting ready to do Harvick. But this is what these interviews are about. It's an, it's about just everything. People, what started Kenny conversation is everywhere I go. What's Bobby Labonte doing? <laughs> you, know, what, 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 you know, so that's what Kenny conversation is about. So we're coming down to the end here. Uh, I want to wrap up the race in just a little bit before we get your opinion on NASCAR. Uh, you're driving uh, for Hermie Sadler in the mm -hmm. Smart Tour, the Modifieds, is that right? Yeah, Smart Modified Tour, Southern Modified. 
<laughs> auto racing nascar national like auto that. <laughs> like that. so tell me about that mod it, it, you're a badass in it well i mean you know we started off you know kind of a the the way the funny story goes is i'm uh i'm just cruising along back prior to covid and um chris williams you know chris williams yeah, souvenir legend uh, yep and so he's racing bowman gray so I'm in a place in my life where I'm, I ain't doing crap. Hey. Okay. I ain't doing nothing. I mean, I'm doing TV stuff, but I'm not racing. Yeah, I'm not I get racing. It. Right? No, I get it. So I did a, uh, I think I did a vintage race with Scott Bruschetta. Uh, did one at Indy uh, with Gary Clut. Um, I think it's Gary. And uh, so, yeah, that's about it. Right. I mean, yeah. So, Chris calls me one day and says, Hey, we come, um, would you come over here to Bone Gray and help me with this modified? You know, I said, I've never been to Bone Gray and it's 18 miles from my house. Bowman Gray. You've right. never been, I've never been never, there. 18 never miles from your house. Never been there. Next time you're in town, we should go. Most it's famous great, racetrack in watch. the world. Watch, right? So I go over there. So I, this is, this is honest, honest, God's truth. I walk in there, I pay $5. I have my helmet, my uniform. Walk in this there, is two, I see three years Chris. Ago. This is like four years ago, yeah. So I saw Chris. <clears throat> so he's with Burt Myers. So I know Burt, know of Burt, you know, kind of know of everybody. Yep. I know his dad a little bit, probably more, you know, Burt, maybe to a point. Jason's there. So anyway, I, I walk up there and I watch Chris go out and run a few laps. And he said, All right, man, once you get in it and run a few laps, you can help me out because he's trying to drive. He's driving it. Okay. So I'm, I'm not sure where he got the, you know, Hey, I want to drive a race car, but he, that's what he wanted to do. He's a big modified guy, but he wanted to drive Bowman Gray. Let me, let me say something. Keep your thought for a minute. I want the people to know this is the real modified, the bad boy, the big mm -hmm. wide tires, like yep. the baddest modifieds there are. Yeah. Bowman Gray runs smaller tires because it's such a okay. small track. We're still big. So, we're still big. Right. Yeah. So, but they have, I mean, Bobber Hilly's there building motors. I mean, they're all cheated up. Everybody's cheated. Everybody's cheated up. So, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, so I get in it, push the seat in. I go out, run about twenty laps. I come in. I'm like, that's you know, that's you know. I got on the gas sooner, drove in a little deeper than Chris. So it's a little tighter. I don't know, you know, it's okay. So I think I might drove one more time. He drove it. I drove it. Okay. So I got ready to leave. All right, you coming back tonight to run uh, to watch? I said, uh, nah, probably just sit at home watch TV. My wife's at school. She went to Duke to get her MBA, so she's been gone every other weekend. You're a bachelor by yourself. I, I, just, I, I just hang out by myself. I ain't going to do crap. So about 6.30, and I was like, well, I might as well ride over there. So I go over there. So I paid $15 to get in. So I get my armband, and I go over there and see Chris, and they qualifying here, and blah, blah, blah. And I talk to them, and I go over here, and I go up with Terry Hall and watch from the spotter stand watch, and I'm like, Holy crap. It's like get back down there after races. Oh, there's like two fights going on over here. I'm like, this is great. Why did and they like, get rid of that show? It was so good. Right. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. I said, uh, so everybody asked me, he says, what do you think? I said, this is the best 20 bucks I've spent in a long time. You can't buy, you can't buy this adventure for 20 bucks anywhere else. Right. So we started going on. This is, I don't want to run out of time here. Start going no, on. You're fine. That, that, that track was on, what was it called? Madhouse on his Madhouse. Channel? Yeah. It was, yeah, the, yeah. I can't believe they got rid of it. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I, I go back over there after a few weeks and I get with Bert and we had, he had extra car, got a sponsor and they put it together and I go test one time and then I go race. Right. So I go over there one night to race and I'm like, Hey, we qualified, you know, 
fair and we're running, running the race. Of course, I get in the car before the race starts. I line up on pit on the racetrack. There's fourteen thousand people there. I mean, it's not like your normal local, Saturday night. Local racing. Yeah, it's not like four thousand or two thousand. It's 14, Wednesday, 000. Thursday night. Saturday nights. Okay, Saturday night. Yeah. So we, I pulled out there, and I first thought was, what am I doing? Because you're going to have to run into somebody, and I usually don't spin people out, right? So <laughs> I'm going on there going along and I'm running along and finally I get spun out by John Smith. Right. And which that is nothing at the time. It just happens. Right. It was not, I mean, it's just racing, you know, so I get to the infield, come back out, blah, blah, blah. So then we go back another night I'm running and Tony Uri jr. Is my crew chief. Right. So now this is always funny because when we set the toe, you know, they paint the tire and they put, the screwdriver up and grind Tony Uri Jr. Mark. Dale Dale C Dale Jr.'s uh posse crew chief. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Not everybody knows these names, Bobby. I gotta remind people. Right. Yep. To Tony Uri Jr., he's crew chief. So we we work on the car, we get a little bit better, blah, blah, blah. We go out and run. And I don't remember what lap it was. There's a caution come out and we got a little bit of, you know, bumper tag. And I said, Hey man, I I I think I gotta park it. He goes, Why? I say, uh, the A-frame's loose. He goes, well, how you know? I said, I can see it. Can see <laughs> the, the A-frame's right there in front of me. I'm like, I can see all the shims are falling off. Uh, yeah, it's like, okay, so I pulled off, and we were done. So fast forward a little bit. I think that might have been, I can't remember now. I think it's COVID happened or something like that happened. Um, so um, I get a call from... Um, um, Terry Hall and, and Andretti, Mike Smith, and said, hey, can you drive our modified at Florence? Because his brother, John Smith, a year and a half ago, you know, whatever, you, you know, it, 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 yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, but again, that wasn't funny other than the name. So yeah, right. and, the, and the person. So anyway, so I went down to Florence and I'm like, all right, this is going to be interesting. So I drove down there, drove back because I thought, well, if they don't want me to come back, I'm not going to get a hotel room. Right. So I go down there, practice the car, come back. I go back the next day, qualified first, finished fourth. And I'm like, I like this. I this, this is okay. This is okay. So, you know, it's one of those things, too. When I left pit road, I went, okay, I got to break my left foot. This is going to be difficult, right? I mean, you know you know how I am. Herman is like, um, yeah, that was a little chore for me to figure that out, like on lap three, right? So anyway. So I that's it all worked out, all worked out. So that's so this so this year driving for hold on, hold on. So sorry, but I've always talked to you because you and the late great Dick Trickle were the only fast one foot drivers that won it all. So Dick Trickle would say, My boy, you either on the gas or off of it. So your whole career in the cup series, you won everything. On the gas, taking that same foot over on the brake. Yep. Am I right? That's correct. Yep. That's unbelievable. I, I tried both sometimes. It didn't seem like it was any faster. So I was like, why should I do that? Right. Bobby, you downplay such a big deal. That's huge. Yeah. So, so anyway, so now. now it's, <laughs> you just gloss right over it. <laughs> flopped over. Yeah. So anyway, so, you. <laughs> so it's the series has grown so much. And this year, uh, Ryan Newman and I are both teammates. No Newman. For yep, for Hermie Sadler and uh, yeah, I mean they're, they're a blast and and so you know one you reason won why already. Hmm? you've won in not in that car but you've won a yep. lot of my race. yeah a couple of years ago won two in a row and we finished third in points last year 
uh, you know, I mean, just consistently, consistent wise, um, always seem to miss victory lane by just a skosh, but we're always pretty quick. I mean, you know, we're, we never were out of the, out of the, out of the hunt. So this year um, started off a little slow. I mean, qualified second, running second with a few laps to go, fell back, got loose, you know, so we're trying to find our way, but our best race so far this year was at Richmond. Okay. And on the big track, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we ran with on the Wheeland tour, which is what was the, the, uh, the excitement about driving for Hermia. So we're going to get to do that four times this year. So Richmond was one. We'll do uh, Martinsville. We'll do Langley and we'll do North Wilkesboro. So, so excited about that opportunity. And, um, you know, we, we still, we're fast everywhere. We, we, can't seem to close the deal to, to get the top three or a win yet, but I feel like that's coming. Um, I talked to Ryan a little bit yesterday. I was like, I'm really excited about every race that we go forward. Um, he's got, as a couple of tracks coming up, he's going to love. I just, I know how he, he is. It's going to be great for him. Yeah. And so, but for me, like Richmond, uh, you know, we qualified eighth, had a couple pit stops. We lost some spots, we drove back to six. A and, lot of cars there. Yep, past past cars and I mean great Eighth drivers. Is good. Yep. So uh so great drivers. So anyway, so we finished there and we ran to South Boston that night. And yeah, so uh yeah, heck heck of a heck of a deal. And you know, Hermie gave us this opportunity and uh yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's real. So uh a little bit about life. I, I feel like I'm always interjecting because you downplay everything. I you and Schrader are a little bit the same. You you are incredibly good. I feel like both of you, um, I mean, Bobby, this is me saying this. This is a compliment. I feel like although you try, you you have a God-given talent. You're incredibly good. And so I think that's why when we're having fun with this conversation, I'm I'm always interjecting because I, do you know that you downplay your abilities? Do you, I mean, listen, you've won a, an Xfinity championship. You've won a cup championship. You've, You've won an SRX race. I mean, you literally have done it all. Do you know you're that good? Do you know you have a God-given talent? And and don't don't downplay the answer. Do you ever ride along in your passenger car and go, "Damn, I have a God's gift." Well, I I didn't. I don't. You know, two things have that come to that. mind. No, two things come to mind when I got my ARCA license. And my, <laughs> and, my, uh, and my IMCA license yeah. this winter. And I got my IMCA stickers. I mean, that I thought that right there put me over the top. Schrader told me, he said, if you keep, keep at this, you're going to well, get somewhere. <laughs> in, 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 in same fashion, you downplay everything. Uh, you know, we qualified eighth. And a normal racer would go, look, 62 cars showed up. We qualified eighth. That's dirt racing. So up. Uh, we're going to wrap this part. So, of the so I was, I was at GoPro the other day because all my stuff broke. So I got the rental carts and I, I looked up and I'm like, all right, I'm 10th quick for the week. And I, I, there's all these kids up there. And I'm like, <laughs> so you, you still, you grade yourself come, internally. I need to come back in the morning when the track's cooler and a little quicker, right? Instead of the afternoon when it was hot. So. Well, <clears throat> you are a badass, And, uh, so it's that time now where, uh, the way Kenny conversation works is we talk about it all. And then at the very end, uh, we, we go for what we know and what made you popular. Uh, Bobby's a good person, but we got to talk about NASCAR for a little bit. We don't want to get you in trouble and nobody's getting in trouble. Uh, your opinion on NASCAR right now, what is it? 
Well, I think that it is, it is as good or better for the time than anything else. 15 years ago, it was as good as it was for the time, but times have changed, right? So it's, it's not easy. It, it was easy back then in, in 95 to 2005, it just kind of happened. You know, the popularity, you know, the 75 million fans or whatever it was called. And, you know, when Dale Sr. was alive and we had all these uh, drivers that were um, liked by so many, right? Yep. And we had sponsors that put everything into place to make a lot of people household names. Coca-Cola. Mm, good point. You know? Uh, interstate batteries, you know, you had Jeff Gordon with DuPont, you had UPS with Dale Jarrett, you know, you had so many sponsors and Mark Martin Folgers for Valvoline, you know, I mean, you just, you could rattle them off today. It's like, it's harder to do. So to me, I don't know that anybody could have predicted what took place in the last 10 years or since Earnhardt passed away, how this, how it was going to go. Y'all think it's going to get bigger and better and all that stuff. I mean, my gosh, TV and streaming and YouTube and blah, blah, blah. I mean, every, a, lot, a lot of stuff has changed from what, when in those glory years, right? So in my mind, I think that no different than then, it could have been better. No different than now, it can be better. But I think for what, what everybody is giving, given the circumstances of life, the circumstances of, you know, attention spans, atten you know, phones or whatever it could be i think Post that's one hour show and they watch five minutes because they can't go anymore because the brain's yeah. messed up yeah. now. right everybody's <laughs> say what i want to say yeah i mean so i think in my mind i view it as every race is i mean i hate when people say oh it's a terrible race i'm like they know terrible races they're all good it just depends yeah. on what side of the fence you want to look at it you want to look at it as great or, or if you don't like if you don't like wrecking Okay, then that's your opinion. But if you, if I mean, if you like wrecking, that's your opinion. If you don't like wrecking, my opinion is it was a great race. Dover's going to be a great race. I can tell you that before because there's going to be some things in it that I know about that sometimes the fan doesn't know about. Well, we're jaded. We're we know too much. We right. So, so saying that could it be better? Yeah, but I also think that not every idea is a great idea, right? I have some, what I think is a great idea. It's not very good, but it happens that way. So, and you learn by your mistakes or you, you, you know, I mean, sometimes you just don't make those mistakes, right? Cause, and you, you have somebody to me, somebody needs to be on your shoulder back here saying, you go, man, I think it'd be great if we change this to a, a glass bottle and blah, 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 blah. And people are like, so somebody needs to say, why would you do that? You know, I mean, that's a bad example, but, you know, why would you do that? And so um, somebody somebody needs to be in charge on some things to say when some things in the whole sport says somebody says, hey, I think it's a good idea to do to that. And somebody needs to tap on the shoulder and say, what if we just didn't do that? We just left it alone. Let's just say, say stage breaks. Right. Yeah. Like stages like what, what if we just didn't do that? I think it'd be OK. We just need to not worry. You know, I mean, something yeah. that that doesn't really. Everybody thinks it's going to be better, but sometimes they're not always better. Right. Let but, me comment on something. But but there is a lot of things that are good, but 
as just evolution of how it could be a little bit better here, a little bit better there. You, you and I are on the same wavelength, and I have specific <clears throat> questions going on with NASCAR, but I want to talk about that for a minute. Ed Laukas, who was the president of Toyota, was a friend of all of ours. Uh, he's still doing great, but he's not in charge of motorsports at NASCAR anymore. He mm -hmm. said something to me I'll never forget. He said, as soon as those NASCAR cup cars change their paint jobs, they dilute everything. Mm -hmm. So all I have to do, Bobby, is see the color green. And I think of Bobby Labonte. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, like, I like what you said back then. And, and me and you aren't doing that. You know, I, I ran through the snow and a, a foot, you know, foot of snow. And we're not doing that. But what you're saying that I do want to comment on. I want to compliment you. You are brilliant because Ed Laukas said that. So we made superstars back then because Earnhardt was the GM Goodwin Chevrolet. Rusty Wallace was Miller. Miller. I mean, Jeff Gordon Terry was, was Kellogg's. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh. So it is of my opinion that we have this small circle now. Uh, the names, I mean, Joey Logano's a two-time champion. Yes, he, he's a legend. He kind of got in right at that. But I mean... For me, it is harder nowadays to make superstars because every race, it's like, okay, what cars are Ross Chastain driving? Oh, he's mm -hmm. driving Fred's towing now, and then tomorrow he'll be riding, driving moose, moose car. Yeah, oh. so you bring up a good point. It's very hard to make NASCAR superstars because we don't know what the hell car they're in. All right, and that that is that's where – Interstate Battery, Coca-Cola put me up my name. You know, when, when I had a stand-up every weekend at the racetrack in a Walmart or in a food line or a, yeah, they knew you. Uh, Kroger's or, or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, that that's that's one thing. Now, saying that, and, and, and let me just say it this way, is I want, I would love to see Eric Jones, a Christopher Bell, a Ross Chastain, um, just to name a few, it to have that household name yeah. or, and, and, and be able to earn that money that, you know, that, you know, um, you're, you're known so much more, not from the melon what last lap deal, but for, you know, being there consistently. Uh, and I, I can't do nothing about the sponsorship, but I, I hope I want those guys to be able to, have that long career flourish and not um, and enjoy it like I did. You know, now how do you do that? Yeah, you, you didn't have so, to be a race fan. You just walked in somewhere and you're like, wow, there's a stand up of oh, Bobby Labonte. And when they yeah. saw you, yeah, they made right. millions of stand ups. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, Kurt Bush, you know, Sharpie, you know, I mean, that was huge, right? So, so to me, back then there was a, the connection was easy because of what you said, all the cars and the drivers, and it just made it easy, right? Harder now. So it's tougher. So how do you bridge that gap or how do you help that gap out? Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously Jeff Gordon going to be only, or, you know, with, so big with Hendrick, I mean, he's running it right. Jimmy Johnson coming in. Absolutely. You know, Kevin Harvick going to the booth, Boyer in the booth, uh, Burtondale Jr. on NBC. So the TV thing. So drivers are involved, but I think there's a way. I mean, there is, how can there be a way that I can say that I can promote not just one driver, but, you know, promote drivers? Because what happens to me is whenever, 
I was in the mid nineties. I was a, people would say, man, I, I picked you because Davey Allison got killed and you're my next favorite driver. Yeah. right. Or I picked you because so-and-so retired. You're my next favorite driver. I hear it all the time. But you're, but what happens then <clears throat> is it was easier for the dad to bring the kid to the race and enjoy the weekend. Cause it didn't cost so much. And it was just, you didn't have to, you, you had to come watch it or you weren't going to get to watch it. Right. So then today there's a, a bigger disconnect in the kids being brought by the dads. So I see the dads, I see the dads now because he was a kid when he remembered me, he's bringing his kid, but it's just not quite the same. So if he can connect me with his, me and his kid, then hopefully as impressionable as kids are today, that they'll go, oh, NASCAR. I remember my dad took me there. Instead of like, I went to some race and I don't remember it because I was blah, blah, blah. And too busy doing looking at my phone, you know? Yeah. So how do you connect all that together? And I think everybody does a great job at grassroots racing. It kind of puts people out there, you know, the SRX gets the, you know, different, you know, I mean, I think it's all there, but it's just how, you know, I mean, it's just how do you keep up with that? And, and how do you keep the 55 year old, guy with his 12 year old kid or eight year old kid or whatever that how do he how does he get him involved in in nascar where he's a fan so yeah. how do you get that happening and this isn't this is not a dig uh this is me uh, the reason we are where we're at is because uh we're not balanced anymore we we don't need 10 million dollars to run the year we need 20 million so therefore there's no corporate company in America. There, there's not one corporate company in America that you go, hey, I need twenty million dollars. I think the last one could be FedEx, and mm -hmm. we we know we know for a fact. And then you, this is me saying this. We know that Denny Hamlin is possibly the highest paid driver right now, maybe making six million dollar base, and there's ones making four hundred thousand base that are running in the top ten. And this is all because. We can't get that money. So we're, are, we're out of whack. The sport costs too much for the money you can get. And that's why we have a different sponsor every single week on the car. And I, I just wanted to say that. So uh, but, penalties but, and fines. But I think that NASCAR is, but I think NASCAR, I think everybody, I think there's a, for the, the way the society is, I think NASCAR is doing a great job at a lot of things. So, and it's, but it's, it's also, they were dealt cards 20 years ago and they handled it this way and they're dealt cards now and they handled this way. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not that it's, you know, they're not doing the wrong thing. It's just learning the new thing, a new so, way to do things. Yeah. So you, you and I are good with our money. We're not dummies. Uh, years ago, me and you built a whole, whole race car, whole cup car. Now I'm not talking years ago, maybe let's go 20 years ago. We built a whole cup car for 150 grand, and that's that's stretching it. Yeah, I've talked to everybody. I mean, the cars right now are 400,000 plus, or you know, I mean, plus, not minus. So that's what I say by out of balance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, so okay, moving on. A uh, couple more things, fun stuff about NASCAR. Uh, asked Tony Stewart, and I asked Mark Martin. These penalties and these fines. What is your what is your thought on the, you know, penalties and the fines right now? It seems like it's unbelievable. It's like every week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I don't know. There's 
there's a point that um, I guess there's a point that we've, we've gotten skewed out of whack here on this because there's a for people to get fined and suspended and it's like over the greenhouse is a millimeter i mean that's exaggeration but off you know it's like same thing oh my god oh I mean, you know and and the humidity and the and the, the the sunshine changed that more than somebody you know so i mean it's like i mean there's i mean it's like time out time out what, what <laughs> i love here? it that's what, what i would do time out you're, yeah, like, you're giving me out. crap about oh 65 <laughs> yeah right it's like time out why why don't we why don't why can't we make it where it's not not all that important anymore and somehow just kind of put it back to the some ingenuity and some driver and some luck you know instead of everything's got to be the thickness of this glass here you know and it's like dude i mean i mean i that all that does is cost more money right for the team so saying all that you know and i i think to me if you're going to if you're going to Present a car for inspection. I get it. Present this car for inspection. Here comes this car. Rolls in there. All right. You're clear. You're good. Roll her out to the line and have at it, boys. You know, don't. That's it. It's over. Inspection's you don't over. Take it back home and dissect it. Right. Yeah. It's over. You know, don't, <laughs> don't do that. I mean, if, and if, you know, I mean, just don't do that. I mean, back in the day, it's if your engine's big, you're kicked out. If your spoiler's too high, that's a problem. Don't go back and, you know, measure, I mean, dissect it so much. It's, I don't know. I mean, again, that's that thing that's like somebody should go, hey, are you doing too much here? Maybe we should yeah. not. Do this. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. try it. Let's try just it. Eating right now, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, just hate that. I tell you what, just easy on the fines, easy on the penalties and just go easy for a little bit. I'm not saying you got to, you got to meet the criteria of the rules. we got too many damn rules. So, yeah, right. And, 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 and the problem is, is that that now this is just me. It's not a question. I, I just like to create conversation with you. For me, I do the Kenny Wallace YouTube show and the penalties and the fines are bigger than the race. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, Joey Logano won the race, but that's not the story. The story is, you know, so and so got fined four hundred thousand dollars. And that's the yeah. problem. Yeah, whenever I, I mean, I hate, this is, knows too much, too TMI here, but it goes back to that Monday morning, you're at the office, which nobody works anymore from office, but if you go to the office and you're standing there. <laughs> See, that's you know, why you're funny. <laughs> pissing in the urinal, he's the guy beside you, hey, see John, Joey Logano won. Yeah, man, it was a heck of a race, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah but he got he got kicked out. You just want to. Here we go. Yeah, all right, I'm, just, I'm sorry, I just peed all over you, I just walked out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so you're right so it's it's more about it's it's more about the drama right than the actual race so yeah. and it's like oh my god i mean the, talk about i mean that's just i mean that over it's overwhelming too much and yeah i, I don't i i wish that wouldn't happen i mean I, I i wouldn't it be nice to go about six or eight weeks or 12 weeks without anybody getting any fined or we're getting any penalties it. and let's just let's just have a race you know i mean that sonoma race was awesome yeah i mean you know uh that track house car won and chastain was second and suarez was third and they had this and real ran guy. out of gas at the top of the hill yeah and man that was awesome did you see that guy turn over on the tires yeah yeah i saw that blah blah, blah. okay great <laughs> 
Yeah, right. Yeah, traitor. Uh, and so at, at the end, and then and go. All right, you know, good game. Let's go next week. Yeah, okay. And instead of like, oh, oh, uh oh, somebody was thirty thousand. Some masking tape on the front of his car. Yeah, and we had sixteen people had to be sent home because they didn't go through inspection the first. It's like, uh, I mean, so the story and then the other story and the other story outweighs that story. I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They don't want, you know, it's not like it used to be where we'd fudge everything and Buster'd go, well, it just don't look right. I know it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I get it, but it's like, I don't know. I don't Some know. Some people say to me, the, the, you know, like I said, I, I'm jaded. Some people inside the sport will say, well, you don't, you don't know the whole story. I'm like, yeah, I do. I know the whole damn story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the car itself, uh, the car itself, the next gen car changed our sport forever. One lug nut, uh, you know, paddle shifting or not paddle shifting, but you know, synchronized shifting basically up. This is a whole new car. Your thoughts on the car? Well, I got to brag a little bit. So, um, this new car, I was probably one of the first ones to run this in the sim. So I go to Delara. You should brag. And we did the the old car at Kansas and the new car and the next gen car at Kansas. So the few things we were able to do at the time because we didn't have the right map, all the right didn't have all the right maps for all the arrow and everything like that. But we were like changing rear cambers and stuff like that. So I run a, a couple of days in the sim, and then I think I went to Richmond and ran it in the sim, and then Austin ran it for real at Richmond after that. Right. So little known secret. This is good. Little, stuff. Known, little known secret. Old gadget boy was out there doing it again. So, um, doing the SIM thing. So yeah. Um, yeah. Gadget, I, boy. I, <laughs> gadget boy. Um, Your nickname. <laughs> I, I still have a helmet at Delara in Indy. I need to go get it actually. That is incredible, um, Bobby. That's yeah. really good stuff. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I know it's hard to work on. I know there's a lot of dang stuff on it. And I mean, that goes back to that penalty. If you didn't put the, the race right is good. In. The races are good, but it is, I mean, it's not, I mean, it is new. It is, a, it's, it, it, it is what, you know, we're not racing a 65 Ford rear end with truck arms on it, but you know what? They don't build any more cars like that. I, I get it. You know, I mean, the whole, you know, development of cars that we see on the street. I mean, I get it. We need to look like that. So, I mean, sure, some of some of me wishes they still had a steering box and a truck arm with that body on it. Yeah. Okay, just put that body on it. 70. Right, just put that body on it. But, okay, so then you talk to somebody, it's like, well, we got to have sequential shift. We got to have this and transit. Okay, okay, all right, all right. So the biggest thing I see is it does race good. I wish it was a little more flexible. Easy. I'll have to say that easy, easy, flexible. Yeah. And, um, and I wish it didn't cost so much. I mean, it'd be a whole lot better to have four, three, four more car owners out there getting into it over 36, you know, 36 cars, 38 cars, 36. I mean, I like to see 43 every weekend, right? And so anyway, I mean, but it does race pretty cool, pretty good. And um, yeah, I think the sound's pretty awesome. I mean, at times, I think it's cool. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, I mean, again, I, I think it races good. You know, I, 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 I was at Martinsville. Oh, that's right. I did the TV thing. I was just going to go watch it. Go I was going to watch. I was just going to watch, but I had to watch something else. But like we went, to, I went to Richmond. I was at Richmond for the race on Sunday. Um, we went to Bristol, watched them. 
Um, you know, we'll go to Darlington, we'll go to the Coke 600. Uh, you know, so I'm still a fan of it. I mean, I'm going to sit in the grandstands or a suite if I can find it and, you know, watch the racing because I still love it. I, it's still racing. Okay. It's still racing. And all the winners last year, multiple winners this year, I think that's good. So I think this car does bring so many good things in the sport. Um, you know, everybody, including myself, is going to go, well, it's not perfect. I wish it were a little bit lighter or a little bit flimsier when you have a wreck. I wish it had a little bit of something, you know, but hey, I think all in all, it's no different than so many things we racers do. We don't like change and we don't like to not change. It's just we don't like nothing. But the change has been good and it takes everybody a while to get used to it. This year has been a whole lot easier to swallow than last year. Last year was like, oh, my God. You yeah. know, this year is like, oh, it's it's just a race car. Then there's drivers and we're racing and we're competing for wins. Somebody's going to win and 36 is going to lose. So there you have it every weekend. So that brings me to this. Um, the very end. What is good about NASCAR? What is good about NASCAR? Um, you know, I, I, I would say the good is what I, what I love about it is they, they are there. It's they are the still there. They're still there. They're still putting on a great race, great show, uh, week in and week out. Um, I think that through COVID, uh, that it could have been, man, it, it you know, it could have gone that way. But yeah. instead, they took it. They kept they kept making it happen, making it happen, and they made it happen. And so the commitment that they have, you know, the leadership, Ben, Jim, Lisa. Uh, on down the line. Um, and then, you know, obviously O'Donnell Phelps and everybody below that, but that whole leadership thing, the decisions that they made through that. And I think that they also, as much as I say, I wish this car was this, wish it was that. I remember standing down there and turn one at Watkins Glen and talking to Jim France and we we're looking at a IMSA car go by. And he had like, in, in my head, he said something like, these cars need to look like that instead of these whoopy jaw cars, you know, <laughs> I'm like, you know, we are getting kind of whoopy jaw. Everybody's all roofed over and all quarter panels. So, but they know how to make it work. Okay. Again, the times are different, but they know how to make it work. They know how to make the show work. They know how to make it all. People get there. The race happens and it all works. It all works. So what, to me, what what's great about NASCAR is they love it because it'd be easy for them to have said, yeah, okay, we're just, I mean, it's not as something. How many times could they have sold? My God, that rumor, I mean, they could have sold it a hundred times. Yeah, but instead, you know, even though the racer might go, God, I wish you wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done that, but they see a different version. They're not at 30,000 feet, they're at 50,000 feet, and they see it as a whole, and we just look at it like that. And so I think NASCAR, you know, as much as I can say, oh, I wish they'd have done this, you know what? I probably couldn't do no better. They're doing a great job. And week in and week out, there are so many people that, you know, A, are employed by it, make money at it, and and fans still enjoy it. They still get everything they can get out of it. And it's watched on TV all over the world, and people go to the races week in and week out. So, you know, what else can you ask for? And they could have easily, like you said, they could have sold it, or they could have, it, they could have made decisions that, hurt it instead of really just keeping it going and making it keep making it better 
Yeah, I'm I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking of the perfect storm. They weathered the storm. Uh, wow, you and I. Well, Bobby, listen, we're coming to an end, and, and I want to say that this is my opinion. You and I were blessed uh, because we were in the greatest time in NASCAR history. There's mm -hmm. no doubt in my mind. Yep. The stats show it. 1985 to 2006, 400,000 people in the stands at uh, the Brickyard, 200, 250,000 people in the stands, uh, you know, at Charlotte. But, buddy, those days are gone. I'm thankful that you're my friend. I love you. Uh, we've stayed close. Uh, we do more things together now than we've ever done. You look yep. good. And uh, thank you so much. And I want to remind everybody that, remember, we're digging on podcasts now. You've listened to this show when you go to work. It, it might take four trips. You know, Charlie's going to break it up in segments, but it's going to be in its entirety. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. And uh, Bobby, thank you. Thank you, Herm. I appreciate it. Kenny, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk to you after a while or, <laughs> or the next day or two, but thanks for having me on the show, on yeah. your show. And I, I really appreciate it. Love you too, Herman. There he is. NASCAR champion, one of the greatest all time in the Hall of Fame. He's done it all. Bobby Labonte. Until next time, everybody. We'll see you next time.